0: In the late 70's, Gary and his girlfriend were taking a stained glass class in Pasadena along with their friend, Rick Springfield. Unbeknownst to the happy couple, Springfield was pining for Gary's girlfriend. Like any self-respecting musician, Springfield took his sexual angst and put it into what would eventually become a number one hit single for him. It took 19 weeks for the song to top the charts, one of the slowest recorded climbs in music history. The peaking of the charts coincided with the launch of MTV on August 1st, 1981. Springfield's music video played on the station on that fateful day and would continue to receive regular airtime throughout the station's lifespan. Though the song remains in the popular conscious to this day, Springfield himself cannot even remember the name of the woman who inspired the song. Even the all-powerful Oprah couldn't track the woman down. Oprah's people came to a literal dead end as the teacher of the stained glass class had passed two years prior to their investigation, and all of his papers, including old class lists, had been thrown out a year before the Oprah squad showed up. We may never know where to find a woman like that, but thanks to Springfield, we'll always know where to find a classic 80s banger. That's right, we're talking Rick Springfield's Jessie's Girl on Cover Me. You know- That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs in their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is a good friend of mine. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my moot co-host. Joined by my moot co-host. I'm just pretending like you said mute. which. (laughs) Yeah, no, I knew you were going to do that, too. (laughs) Because, you know,
1: it's an obvious joke.
0: Yeah, it's low-hanging fruit is our goal here. And I tell you what, we get it week after week.
1: I mean, what did we just do? This proves it. We man. Saw
0: some, yeah. We saw some fruit. We plucked that fruit, and now baby, we're eating yeah. garbage fruit. I'm eating fruit. Is, is low fruit hanging fruit low is, it always... is it bad?
2: Always... Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with say. What's it's wrong just... with
1: fruit that's low on the tree? It's it's it's, just it's easy heavier. Get,
0: right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just it's easy. It's... There's nothing necessarily wrong with the fruit itself.
0: Yeah, like I don't it's think. potentially plumper, like you just said. It's heavier, yeah. maybe. It hangs
1: down. So, like, I don't know, man. It, the nutrient density is lower, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or no, yeah. be just, anyway,
0: you know what? List, you know what? don't talk to me about nutrient density.
1: I don't know anything about nutrient density. I'm not a botanist. Mm. Let's talk some Rick Springfield.
0: Let's talk Australian singer Rick Springfield. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit.
1: No, I did not know that at all. I don't know why I would. I mean, there's a whole thing about him getting mixed up with Bruce Springsteen, which seems a little far-fetched to me, but apparently it happened.
0: Uh, It's just because the the last name both start with Spring. I guess so. And also, Rick Springfield is a working-class dog.
1: Yeah, I guess they have the working-class thing going on, both of them, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. They don't sound or look that similar. And honestly, if you're watching the music video, in the beginning, he looks more like Billy Joel. So. Yep. I don't know man. But it was uh, also no, a time I'm, I'm where it was sure not as easy to look up pictures of people. Yeah, I that's guess. also true. Still the 80s. Yeah,
0: such a problem that Rick Springfield wrote a song about it in which three people mistake his identity as Bruce and he uh you know threatens to fuck them to to correct it. One of the people is his mother. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the only other thing
1: I know about the other one Rick is a child. Is anyway, these two songs.
0: Yeah, this song though, Alex. I don't know why the fuck I love this song so much. It's like part of my DNA, though. Like I know this song so well and listen to it a lot.
1: Yeah, I know it pretty well too. But I don't. I think the only reason I know it in the first place is because of you. Like I think you introduced it to me. Me to it. Well.
0: Whatever. that sounds like something i would do i don't know why i would do that though see i don't i don't understand my own motives to this song is it just that he had a bad like idea of what love is similar to myself in junior high and high school it's just relatable yes yeah, it's just Maybe. like
1: i mean it's it's still like it's a very dramatic story it's not an uncommon story of like two friends one girl one of the friends is dating the girl but the other one wants to. like it's it happens well, yeah, to, it comes up the
0: point like this came out within like probably a year or two or even the same year when did the cars release my best friend's girl
1: yeah that's um i don't know i don't know it might have been it was it was close it would have been close that might have been i want to phone say phone that was like 79 was
0: 78
1: okay. close. so like it was close
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but this one has stuck around. VH1 has called it the twentieth greatest song of the eighties. I don't know what the number one is. I didn't bother to look that up. <laughs> did you say? Um, did you say VH1? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I always thought of them as like a, a a secondary MTV. I don't know if that's accurate.
0: Yeah, sort of like if you didn't have MTV, you would be on VH1. Yeah,
3: I'm
1: trying yeah. to remember if I even had VH1. I remember hearing references to VH1 more than actually watching it. But anyway, anyway, Um, also the song won
0: Rick Springfield a Grammy award for best male rock vocal performance.
1: Yeah. Which I don't necessarily know that that's the Grammy it deserved, but I will say it probably deserved something because we still remember it and it's still around and people still like very popular. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those eighties songs that just kind of stuck, I guess songs from the past that just kind of stuck.
0: Yeah. Alex, did you watch the old cracked video by Dan O'Brien on this?
1: Yes, I did. I didn't rewatch it this week, but okay, I've seen it. I
0: did. Yeah, he called it a song that everybody knows and most people like, but it's probably not anybody's favorite song. Right. And then is, he which is apt.
1: And then he says it's his favorite song at the end. He does. Yes. What a twist.
0: That's comedy, baby. Um speaking of comedy, let's talk about these lyrics. Another seamless segue by your boy um, yeah. Alex.
1: Speaking of words, um words.
3: Alex. Alex Mildenberger.
0: Alex, did I ask you how you are today? I usually ask that. How are ya? you? Do I'm
3: uh
1: I'm pretty
0: good. Pretty
1: good. I've been I've been progressively going for longer bike rides. Um nice. in an attempt to ease my um my plant fasciitis away mm. or whatever it is I have. Um, And I went on the longest one yet today. So that's a pretty good feeling.
0: That's good. Yes,
1: yeah, so let's talk about Jesse's girl.
0: Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know. He's been a good friend of mine. But lately, something's changed that ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. A verse so just on the surface level tells you everything you need to know. To, is there anything else to say?
1: Um, I mean, we could note that it's not rhyming couplets. Um, all the three of the four lines, the final three of them rhyme and two Uh, of them are just the words mine. Um, that's true. So yeah, it's not like an overly sophisticated, like poetic structure or anything. It's pretty straightforward.
0: Something you might expect from a working class dog. Yes.
1: It fits the working class dog thing.
0: And from there we leap right into the pre-chorus, Alex, and she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body. I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night.
1: Yes, so now here's his pining. He's thinking about all the things that's that's going on. And he's really focusing on the uh, like physical aspects of, of this girl, who, again, is unnamed. Um, and defined entirely based on her relationship with a man. Mm-hmm and her physical attributes. Um not very woke. <laughs> yeah, not very woke, Mr. 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 Springsteen, just kidding. Um and he's like he's 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 frustrated. He feels like there's these <laughs> things happening and he wants to do those things, you know?
0: Yeah, so I have a quote from Rick Springfield here, and he says, I was completely turned on to his girlfriend, but she was just not interested. So I had a lot of sexual angst, and I went home and wrote a song about it. So yeah, if you're noticing that the uh, the, the way she's depicted is just as a sex object, that's because this song is about Rick's sad boner.
1: Sad boner.
0: The lonely boner.
1: Is there really any other kind?
0: Well, um... <laughs> Probably? Probably. I'm gonna say yes. Who knows?
1: Not me. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, yes I... as well. That was actually that was a that was a joke, I swear.
0: It's okay, Alex. Nobody's gonna judge you here for having a lonely boner. Ninety <laughs> percent of our audience is lonely boners. Do we, now, um, do we know we do audience? So, yeah, hang on so to to some of the pre chorus, yeah, it's all about the physical intimacy that he's missing out on. Yeah. And he knows that they're doing it lonely boner chorus you know I wish that I had Jesse's girl I wish that I had Jesse's girl where can I find a woman like that and if you click on this one for the if you check out the genius annotation for some reason it includes a gif of the hit film Mulan from
1: 1998
0: yes the animated Mulan yeah and he says you Um, don't
1: meet a girl like that in every dynasty that's a joke (laughs) (laughs) haven't watched Mulan in probably a decade or more
0: Easily a decade. Um, What I want to say about this, Alex, is uh, he was originally going to use Gary's name, but then he decided against it and then settled on the name Jesse because he was wearing a t-shirt with football player Ron Jesse on it.
1: Hmm. So it's a last name.
0: It's a last name.
1: It's also interesting because Jesse is like more gender neutral than Gary, Um, Mm -hmm. and Gary wouldn't have sounded very good. Gary's, yeah, Gary's girl. girl, like it's it's too many G's. Da, 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 da. Um, Gary's girl, to the point where like listening to it, like you know, it's called Jesse's girl. It's about a girl. The girl's not Jesse, but sometimes it's easy to get like mixed up, you know? Yeah. You're like, and then he's talking about Jesse, or no, he's talking about somebody.
0: Uh, well, particularly somebody in the song facts comment section was very upset that he spelt Jesse with an I. He's like, that's not how a man spells it. Man has spells J E S S E. Okay. Um, yeah, very, very angry, but, you know, really doesn't make a difference. Sure. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't so know he wishes that. that he had Jesse's girl. Where can you find a woman like that? No answer. At a stained glass class in Pasadena is the answer. Also, I, what, I've never heard of a stained glass class. What are you learning in that? Um, how to stain glass, I, how I to, suppose. How to yeah. to stain the glass. But,
1: um, I, I know I've made... It's not like stained glass, I remember in in like school, we just like stuck glass to a thing, it was like shards of glass okay. um, but there's also like you can, like there's I have no idea, basically is what I'm trying to say. You learn to make stained glass, I guess, which just involves i don't know what it involves I don't know if you cut the glass out, they probably cut it for you, and then you just stick it together. I don't know if you'd like what you stick it together with yeah. plaster metal maybe but i feel like that's a whole other skill like that's too much you know
3: Yeah, it
0: seems like there's a lot involved or maybe in it's a stained glass limit.
1: history class maybe not they're a, learning oh, about yeah. stained glass <laughs> stained they're not glass learning appreciation to make it class there's like and this one's from the 17th century in whatever cathedral i don't know man that's where the that's where the real hotties go.
3: that's where the fun is
1: Good, that's a good callback
3: that is a good callback
1: to episode 104 going by episode numbers now
0: <laughs> hell yeah that's we don't we don't mention the song titles anymore 104 just, <laughs> well i got back to episode 105 of cover me where we're going to talk about verse two in which he says i'll play along with this charade i always thought it was the charade doesn't yeah, matter. yeah there's a lot it of doesn't... little
1: things like that where i i just misheard things
0: yeah, he says that doesn't seem to be a reason to change. I always heard there. Um, you know I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Probably.
1: He kinda skips um, As it.
0: as Daniel O'Brien once said in a, a video that I did not think to check the uh the year on, to quote it properly. Moot's a word for lawyers. <laughs> moot is a word Moot is a, a word that in,
1: in the usage, in the way I have always used it is like if you say it's a moot point and it means that you will stop talking about it. Because there's yeah. no way you could know the answer or something like that.
0: Well, yeah, subject to debate, dispute or uncertainty to such a point that I think discussing it is a, a waste of time, right? Yeah, basically. But, yeah, like we can debate this all day. We will not reach a conclusion. So it is a moot point.
1: Which um, my mom always says mute point. I think we got her to stop, but there was a while there where she said "Me or what, which is a common mis mishearing of that. Yes, it is. I'm told I know of at least one case um
0: is it later on in one of these covers?
1: No, it's my mom um oh, okay. <laughs> I guess yeah, that makes sense, so at least three cases, I will say then, um. All right. Yeah, so he's he's going on living his life and and he's pretending to not be into this girl uh when he is and he he feels weird when he sees him do romantic things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so the charade is that he is okay with this, right? Or is the charade their relationship?
1: I think the charade, yeah, the charade is him pretending he's not that he's okay with everything. Mm-hmm. Unless he's like, unless he actually thinks their relationship is on the rocks or, or not legitimate, in which case the rest of the song doesn't say that. So I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. Yeah. Just want to drag us back to, to mood again. Daniel O'Brien in that video mentions how it's the, the way he uses that word is actually incorrect because he's using it to say the the point is like really not up for discussion. Whereas like the point of mood is that it is intensely up for discussion is very
3: debatable.
1: Too debatable. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely used it in, in this context before, which I guess is technically incorrect, but I think it's used pretty frequently that way because it's not a huge jump to go from like, well, there's no reason to talk about this because there's, there's too many different ways to look at it or something like that to Mm -hmm. let's not talk about it because there's,
0: Nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. So, yeah, it kind of loses the
1: nuance, and it's just like, let's not talk about this thing, or there's no reason to talk about
0: it. Mm -hmm. So that nuance comes up in the bridge, where we find out how, how Rick Springfield thinks love is supposed to be. He says, and I'm looking in the mirror all the time, wondering what she don't see in me. I've been funny. I've been cool with the lines. Ain't that the way love's supposed to be? Ain't it?
3: Ain't it just.
0: Ain't it.
1: (laughs) I'm a s-
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know how self-aware the song is, but I think it's a little bit,
0: you know mm-hmm. he's
1: obviously talking oh yeah I don't like,
0: I don't think he genuinely believes this as a writer. yeah <laughs> That's that like probably this is be love.
1: a bit of a stretch because he's clearly approaching it from like a very shallow standpoint. he's like, well, I, I've been like this funny cool guy who's really relatable and everyone likes me why why, aren't, why isn't she like? fucking lining up to to mm-hmm. be with me. And obviously it's a ridiculous thing. And it's kind of fun that the song doesn't like directly address that, like it just presents his like view without yeah. without condemning it directly, but still kind of I would hope, and I think probably does, like does have some uh, awareness that that is what's happening.
0: Oh, yeah, and th- that, that line there, I've been funny, I've been cool with the lines, ain't that the way love's supposed to be, sums up my teenage understanding of love so so very, like, on the nose that it hurts.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of, a lot of, te- like, I think that's pretty common.
0: Yeah, so, I think, did we think the, say the universal In nature it. of that line yeah. is part, part of what makes this thing resonate yeah. so well. Right,
1: part of what makes it relatable is that not only can you listen to the song and agree with it and be like, yeah, what's wrong? (laughs) But you can also then laugh at it looking back kind of thing. So it kind of works on, like like, it works in both cases because it doesn't like address it directly. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's part of the appeal of the song.
0: Maybe. And uh, yeah, the Dan O'Brien video, he, he points to this and saying, well, like obviously the Rick Springfield doesn't, Want a real connection? Like his understanding of love isn't actual connections, and in the same way that his use of the word "moot" doesn't actually connect to the real meaning of
3: the word "moot." So he's just, uh you know, he's quite lost in his own bullshit. So it's all meta.
1: It's
0: all or meta all the meta way the right down, word? Alex. I don't know. Sure, can remember? it's all connected. It's
1: all connected, man.
0: It it's all inside J C. Penny, baby. Jesse um, Manny. That's it for unique lines in this, Alex. Anything else to say about these lyrics?
1: Um, They're, like, pretty catchy. Very simple. There's not a whole lot mm-hmm.
0: here. There's really,
1: like, some pre-chorus, chorus repetition. And then there's two verses and a bridge. Like, it's... Yeah. Pretty... And straight, yeah,
0: like, simple. Yeah, pretty straightforward. And even in musical composition, which we're about to jump into, like, the sections are really like it's verse is one thing pre-chorus is another thing chorus is this thing jump back to the verse hit the pre-chorus do the chorus now we've got a bridge guitar solo chorus out like it is it's rigid in its structure it's very simple simple but it hits all of those things exactly the way that you expect it to
1: yeah it's like solid pop structure Mm mm-hmm But on top of that, I mean, structurally, sure. Um, and none of it's really, like, a surprise. It does have, like, some pretty solid, like, riffs in it, though.
0: Yeah. Um, So, allegedly, the guitar on this isn't even played by Rick Springfield. It's played by, uh, Pat Benatar's guitarist, Neil Giraldo.
1: Oh. Well, he definitely pretends to play the guitar in the music video.
0: Oh, for sure he does.
1: (laughs) Um... Is he normally a guitar player?
0: Yeah, so my understanding is that they, for some reason, like, uh, I guess Rick played the riff, and then whoever was his producer at the time was like, nah, Rick, this is a bad riff. You're not doing very good, Rick. And then, they, like, probably Neil Geraldo was smoking a cigarette outside or something. They're like, well, get fucking Neil in here. And Neil's like, oh, play guitar. And he played guitar, and they're like, yeah, it's fucking great. And then Rick was like, nah, yeah, I need the money, so let's. I, I gotta make sure this album's a banger, so... Even though I would prefer to have my own guitar on there, we'll go with Neil's. Yeah, and it's not a super complicated
1: part, at least not the first riff. Anyway, I guess there's like a solo later on that's pretty solid.
0: Yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not none of this is complex, but it is in terms of tone and on a, on a lot of it, everything from the drums to the to the synth in this is all very uh, like precise. So the guitar at the in the verse is quiet. It's it got a nice little like kind of moving groove to this doom boom boom it. It's like very poppy, very up.
1: Yeah, like fairly short too. Um mm-hmm. and just like goes through that and it's catchy, like it's recognizable. And it
0: really is like a back and forth. Like it goes from one end to the other. That's how how the progression works. You go one way first and then back the other way.
1: Yeah, really. So not a ton going on but at the same time a lot going on
0: yeah in the way it's played is like is what makes it compelling i think and you get just a little bit of drum just 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 kissing the hi-hat a bit i think on the yes on the verse yeah
1: just getting a little bit of that and that's kind of before everything comes in and then on the
0: pre-chorus yeah
1: pre-chorus is when things start happening because they start like clapping
0: yeah, we get the hand claps, we get louder guitar ripping in. We get a little more distortion on the rhythm guitar, and the drums start hitting some kick a lot harder.
3: So
1: yeah, pretty, pretty solid build.
0: And then we roll from that into the chorus where we've got full on synth on him really hitting, really punching the phrase Jesse's girl. Y'all know it, it's Jesse's girl.
1: Jesse's girl. Yeah, and then that's kind of the other riff of the song. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the two major riffs that make up the song. Which yeah. interestingly so it made me think of another song that I always think of for being like not out there structurally, but like really being held up by two solid guitar riffs. And that is, mm. I believe, in A Thing Called Love by The Darkness, Um hey. which is kind of supposed to be an 80s throwback uh, yeah. thing. So I guess this is just kind of, in a way, related to that. Just a style of kind of writing the rock pop song.
0: Right. Of course, uh The Darkness leans more towards hair metal.
1: Yes, definitely. Um it, it feels very different but like just the idea of like we got this one riff we got this other riff and like we're gonna kind of build a song around those two they're both solid like not flashy necessarily like it's not the opening riff from from ziggy stardust or, any, or anything like yeah. that. yeah but like just like solid riff maybe you've mm-hmm. heard it before Doesn't matter, it's solid and we're using it. Like
0: Yeah, the the two words that come to mind for me are big and dumb. They're just you know it's big, dumb energy.
1: Sure. Yeah. 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 And it's big and it's memorable.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the
0: big change we get next is in the the bridge, which drives to more of a just a
3: straight driving rhythm on the guitar is the that gives you sort of that like while he's having this inner turmoil right it's kind of it's
0: like
1: it's more introspective but it's still pretty like overblown like it's Mm -hmm. it turns inward but yeah you got these like big synth notes chords that like yeah make it not feel as serious as it And, and it probably shouldn't be
0: yeah, yeah, and then because then we lead from the line, ain't that the way love's supposed to be? Into this again,
3: big dumb guitar, boom out, down, down, boom, now, now, now.
1: And then he say, yeah, and then he just like has chorus repetitions.
3: Yeah, and a and guitar, a guitar solo. solo. He says,
0: "Tell me, where can I find Tell a woman me. like that?" And then he does he does well. Someone
1: does a guitar solo.
0: Yeah, and it's good. It's a good guitar solo.
1: Yeah, again, like, not super long. Solid. Solid
0: guitar solo.
3: Just some solid, like, pop rock. And it ends with a big sort of, like,
0: sustain fade out. That... (laughs) Yeah, you get that, like, really big resolution.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, because the story really doesn't resolve... Well, I guess it kind of does. There's not really a story in the sense, like, he just says, Hey, this is a thing I want. Why can't I have it? And, like, he doesn't learn then, anything, yeah. right? And then he's in just, the
0: bridge, he's like, This is what I'm doing. And then we as the audience learn that, like, well, obviously that's not going to work.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. It's kind of funny, I guess, when you, like, contrast those two things.
0: There's, like, really
1: strongly resolving song to, like, musically where lyrically like it just doesn't he just continues to be exactly the same as he was at the start
3: yeah wondering what's wrong and not knowing and not knowing never knowing truly is that contrast
1: relevant i don't know
0: i'll tell you what is relevant alex the music video
1: oh yes the music video
0: so we open with uh a, a, the t- the titular Jesse's girl and Jesse obviously in a back alley alley and Jesse is graffitiing the 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 song title on this back alley.
1: Yeah, if this song was like three or four years younger, he would have like carved it into a tree. <laughs> but it's this is urban, my man. This is yeah, buddy. This is he's tagging it, and he's tagging his girl name not kidding. Yeah. With spray paint, which she then just discards yeah. in the back alley. Of course, this was like CFC times. This was when they were like that when aerosols were tearing holes in the ozone layer. So thanks, Jesse.
3: Yeah,
0: for
1: Hope helping that
0: it. along. Um. Yeah, and then Rick shows up as they walk off. He's in a leather jacket, and he explains the situation to us, as the song does. Yeah, he's like Jesse's a friend. And then him and his band start jamming. He's now in like his a...
1: band appears just like in a single frame.
3: Yeah,
0: that's
1: later on because later on he's just standing by himself. Actually, they disappear, then reappear. Mm-hmm. He's like dancing and then it's like, boom, holding a guitar with two guys, neither of which have a synthesizer, but whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, it's a thing that happens. But yeah, they appear
0: first in the away. back alley playing, and then they go to sort of like a, a sound stage space, just like a, a black place with stage lights.
1: Yeah, with a, and like a ton of lens flare.
0: Hell yeah, buddy. And Rick
1: Springfield is just staring down the camera, directly down the barrel.
0: Yeah, he's talking to you, the audience.
1: He wants Jesse's girl.
0: And he, he, he wants to know where he can find a woman like that. And then we get a shot of we get that classic shot where it's just light on somebody's eyes on a close up of them, but it's, which it's means Jessie's
1: something girl. about them being not evil. I'm trying to remember. It's like when you yeah, illuminate I mean, people's eyes, then they're like not mysterious. Sure. Right. I don't remember.
0: I feel like she's still a little mysterious in that shot. She is Alex. though, right? Because the rest of her face yeah.
1: isn't is is obscured. And then he kind of so like she's... smiles at her, and she's just like chewing gum. And then they both walk away.
0: She's like, yeah. I thought Jesse
1: was your friend. Why didn't he at least acknowledge you?
0: Yeah, I was be like, hey, man. Like, they're just out in, it looks like a an apartment complex or like a, a neighborhood. Yeah,
1: with trees. Presumably yeah. in Australia? I don't think it was filmed in Australia.
0: No, I feel like he, because, yeah, he would have been in Pasadena, which is uh,
3: California.
1: That makes more sense. We need an analysis of the trees in this scene what's the floral what do trees look know, like <laughs> what do trees look? no these, these can't be Australian trees they're the right way up uh,
0: and now when we get a shot of uh, of the of around if you go to 105 you'll actually see the full Jesse's Girl graffiti which says Patty is Jesse's Girl oh shit oh shit so, so at least in the canon of this music video Jesse's Girl's name is Patty Patty Patricia I see. Patricia, first name Patricia, last name Jesse's girl. Jesse's yeah.
1: Middle name is. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. Then yeah. Then it's more band shots. A lot of this stage flare. And then when we get to the bridge, we get to watch uh Rick Springfield in a in a wife beater washing his face and then yeah, and play aggressively
1: guitar in a play the guitar. And he's got this like the way he like stares into the mirror and like plays this guitar. It's like it's like. I described it as pathetically masturbatory. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Is that what it yeah. seems like to you? Were you picking well, up on that vibe?
0: Even if you watch, he moves his head like he's checking himself out while he plays the guitar.
1: Yeah, I guess that's part of it.
0: That's part of it. And then, yeah, just like the stiffness in it. Yeah. And the fact that he's, he's got to have the guitar in frame.
1: Yeah, it like feels awkward. Yeah, and you can he's like holding the guitar kind of awkwardly, too. Yeah, it's not a
0: natural stance. And I
1: guess that's just so it's in the shot because the camera had to be out of the way so you couldn't see the camera in the mirror kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably is mostly a side effect of having to shoot it properly. (laughs) But 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 it certainly gives off an image that seems to fit in with the concept.
1: Yeah, he just—he seems so pathetic here. I don't know, just really... Mm -hmm. And then, of course, she's in the background.
0: Yeah, she's in the background not looking at him. And then we cut back to him looking at himself without a guitar and then he gets pissed off and (laughs) gets that mean face and stabs the mirror with
3: his guitar.
1: Yeah, he smashes the mirror like a couple times. Like they show that like just footage of him smashing the mirror.
3: Well, yeah, because it's good footage. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can only smash each mirror once and how many mirrors do they have? Probably one. Probably just one. Maybe two. I mean, he. There's definitely different shots of him smashing the mirror because you can see it yeah. smashing different patterns. It breaks in different ways, yeah. And then there is one where he smashes the mirror, or it does like a mirror smash transition. No, never mind. Where it's like from the other side.
0: Yeah, so we see him like as like you know, here's Johnny. Exactly. He just axed his way
3: in there. Yeah, that's that's the money shot of this video is just seeing him bust up that mirror.
1: And that's his frustration i guess
0: yeah and it culminates in that and the rest of the music video is pretty much just him jamming with the boys on this soundstage until we get to the end and we see the the album's working class dog in front <laughs> of right. jesse and jesse's girl at like a community theater
1: yeah which is apparently where the where his soundstage is located he's performing oh yeah there. is that
0: is that the uh the implication
1: i, I think so because the camera kind of spins it's like looking at yeah. him, and the camera just spins around. I don't remember what that move is called.
0: Pan. It's just pans. Is that you know? just a
1: pan. A...
2: Yeah,
0: it should be a pan. Okay. Pan. Oh, you're right. It's pans over. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then it shows the the other like he's performing this for them, and the working class dog, yeah, sitting in the audience with his
0: shirt and tie. Yeah, I want to know more about the dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on the album art.
0: Yeah, just like it doesn't have the pens work? in its pocket,
1: I don't think. You think shot? he's an
0: insurance agent? He must. Like he think. just works at a call center, maybe.
1: Oh man, what what kind of job would a dog have?
0: It's a question we may never know. Great music video though. It's it's exactly what it needed to be. It's not high art by any means, but like neither is the song. Like it fits with the song perfectly, and that they're both this sort of. Just you know, lowbrow, fun to watch, fun to listen to music and video.
1: Yeah, it shows them playing the song. It shows, it shows the story of the song more or less as much as there is, um, mm-hmm. and it shows the dog at the end in a shirt and tie, which is great. <laughs>
0: That's the money right there, baby. <laughs> I know I said it was the panting. fucking
1: mirror. No, <laughs> kind of licks his licks his nose a bit. Well, his nose. Yeah, he just does, does dog things, which is uh, appealing
0: yeah this, that appeals to me yeah
1: it's very appealing
0: speaking of appealing we're gonna peel on into the next segment of this where we talk about covers starting in 1999 with Spank the Monkey Spank the Monkey you
2: know I wish that I had girl I want Jesse's girl where can I find a woman like that
1: yes. <laughs> um I looked up Spank the Monkey and they were two spank the monkey groups. I'm pretty sure it was mm. not the R&B one, but I'm not 100. No, yeah, sure. I think these
0: guys are the rock band out out of Lafayette, LA.
1: That that seemed more likely, yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is like a a lo-fi, like garage rocky kind of version with some 90s like artifacts thrown in?
1: Yeah, it's a little more in, in that vein. Um kind of like harder rock too. They're more more distorted on the guitar.
3: Yeah.
0: And there's uh, like particularly at the start we get to hear all those uncomfortable string slides.
1: Yes, there's that. And the other thing they do at the start for the like opening riff when it's at the very beginning and it's kind of more muted. Um mm-hmm. they keep playing through the pause. So instead of dan it, dan and it they play did So like there's they keep going for that. Right. Which is just yeah. I don't want to call it a common technique, but, like, I've, I've, I've either done it or heard it at least once.
3: Yeah, it's
0: it's certainly something that comes up yeah. every now and then. Um, and He's got this, like, in the start, this sort of, like, crackly processed voice going on. Very low. Like you said, more of a hard rock performance. And then we get louder. We get to the pre-chorus. Things get a little more traditional.
1: Yeah, there's a pretty, like, hard transition there. It's a bit led by the drums striking, but like it's pretty sudden from eh, and when make and then into like oh, she's
2: watching him with his eyes.
3: Yeah,
0: pretty sudden. Yeah, and then you get to you know just a uh, louder, no longer this uh, muted guitar, just distorted guitar. Um. Yeah, drums and totally f- open up. Faithful from there. There's no uh, synth in this one, so there's no synth in the chorus. Uh probably no. the most standout moment is around forty-eight seconds.
3: Yeah, they this.
1: suddenly cut down and like bring in a drum machine.
3: I think Yeah. And, and this team. guy going <clears <yeah>. <clears <throat> to, like
1: beatboxing. Yeah. And I wish I knew my like boy band timeline better. I'm not exactly sure. Cause like that's the kind of thing I would expect from like an in-sync track. Mm -hmm. you know so i'm i don't remember when those songs were released though and i forgot to look it up but like it it seems like like they're just doing this ironically it doesn't seem like the kind of thing they would do that like the uh a rock band of this sort would just do in the middle of a song in the late 90s i could be wrong I, i i can't get like a great read on it but that was i think What's going yeah, on it here.
0: doesn't seem like it seems like it would be for like you said like a boy band or like R&B something a little less rock. Yeah. And exactly. Maybe these guys are trying particularly in the 90s you'll see this this like, you know, ironic playing of songs. We saw it with a uh, Alice Cooper song way back, Poison, Um, so like yeah, maybe that's their way of trying to be like, "Oh, we're we're hip and cool. We're playing this but ironically this pop song."
1: Right, and, like, it's completely detached from the rest of the song. They just do it for a bit, and then go back into the second verse. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what the motivation was there, but I would not be surprised if it was irony, because it's 99, man. Yeah. It's fucking 99.
3: It's fucking 99, and here's, like, the rest of the song, pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's a, like a harder a rocky harder. version. Um, there is one thing that I noted. I'm gonna listen to it real quick first to refresh my memory.
3: Do it, coward.
1: When he starts singing on the on the bridge, well, first of all, when the like kind of bridge section starts, there's actually quite a bit of feedback on the guitar, um, which I don't think right, we have noted. Yeah, yet. um, it's um and then that plays for a while and then when he gets into his actual singing it kind of sounds like he takes a bit to like get fall into the timing and that's like i think 210 or so like 208 and he kind of it seems like he's like having a bit of trouble and i don't know if they did it on purpose it doesn't sound like he did it on purpose to me um And then kind of vocals. Yeah, and the vocals. And then he kind of falls into the timing.
0: Yeah, it seems like maybe he's holding mirror in a funny way to try and like find the beat.
1: Yeah, he holds it and then like comes in when he feels like he's got the right
0: thing, right timing. Yeah. So yeah. But he also does that same hold on Ain't That the Way Love's Supposed to Be. Oh.
3: So maybe that's right. Cool with the lines. He does the hold. I feel like it's not. It's it's a bit off at the start. I can't say I really notice it. Anyway, maybe it's just in my head. But
1: that that's that's what I feel. That's Man. what you felt.
3: Yeah.
0: So then after that, the the outro for the bridge, the dan 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 is again this heavily like feedback distorted guitar.
1: Yeah, it goes, like, hard left there, I think. Is that the same part? Yeah,
0: and then you get a second guitar that layers on top of that more to the center,
3: and then things kind of build in. And then he says, hit me! Hit me. Instead of tell me. Doesn't
0: make any fucking sense, Alex.
1: He just wants to be hit because he's a Shut monkey, me! and he wants to be spanked,
0: I guess. Spank that monkey for me, Alex. Um. Yeah, and then it kind of plays out the same. And then near the end, he says a little something for the boys in the berry.
1: I have no idea what he's talking about. Me neither. He does say a little something for the boys in the berry.
0: Oh, like boys in berry? But why? Does that mean anything though? Uh, no. <laughs> That's another here's the thing. thing, though. Yeah, I actually missed this because I only caught it on a second listen.
3: Um, in the opening verse, he says that is hard to define.
0: Okay.
3: Instead of Ain't hard
1: to
0: define. Well, yeah, so he says that is hard to define and right. then and then, the then goes on
1: to define it in define like it. in
0: like one sentence. <laughs> quite simply.
1: It's hard to define. Here's yeah. So That's not quite right.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an amateur mistake.
1: Spank the monkey. -1 yeah.
0: point. -1 no point gold star which brings for you, you yeah, it takes away your gold star status. Sorry, STM. And, and forces us to go on to the Stanford Mendicants in 2000.
2: You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Where can I find a woman like that?
1: I play along with the charade. They are an a cappella group from Stanford.
0: As if they were going to be anything else from a fucking
1: university. <laughs> um, and they are known for wearing red blazers.
0: Yeah, How I'm about on that? the campus, not in the world, just on campus.
1: Yeah, because, like, I mean, I, if I saw a guy in a red blazer, I'd be like, is that a fucking mendicant? What's he doing outside of his native habitat of Stanford? Like, I wouldn't know. Um... Although they've been around for a long time. Like, even on, on Spotify, they have albums going back to the 60s.
0: Oh, yeah. So it was found, founded for in 1963. According to Wikipedia, The, the uh, a gang of students memorized one song together and then broke into a, like, a women's dormitory or like mess hall, performed the song, and then fled out an open window.
1: Yeah, that sounds like the 60s. That
0: sounds what like What I've the been 60s. told about
1: the 60s. Was it happy days are here again? who knows?
0: who knows? but yeah anyway, this is them. This is their version of Jesse's girl. uh probably the biggest thing is their running baseline of doma doma, doma
1: yeah i don't I don't know why that decision was made it's very, it, it feels I mean we talked about some some uh acapella when we were talking about Mr. Roboto, but it's like almost that,
0: yeah. Um, it's you know it's acapella. We get big douches for the drums into the pre-chorus.
1: Yes, this version I will say like makes no attempts, as far as I can tell, to make their voices sound like anything other than like their voices pretending to be instruments. Like they're not trying to sound like instruments. We often get a lot of uh acapella that like they process like the beatboxer to the point where it sounds like drums. But like yeah. clearly couldn't be sounds made by a person because of how it or or I would be wouldn't believe it could be made by a person. Um,
0: but they don't seem to be interested in that, which I guess is good. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very straight up acapella. Um, and you know they do that when you get to the to the pre-chorus, it builds more. We get some higher backup vocals. And then they, they do their own thing on the chorus where they're singing Jesse's girl in the back. Um, maybe one of the weirdest things that happens here is at the 133 mark, they 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 sing a line about finding their hoochie mama. Oh, they do. Man, sometimes I
1: just don't pay attention to the other guys. In acapella. Well, oh, yeah, you, you miss the fucking... This is what can I find? And then they go, hoochie mama.
0: Yeah, and they say, all I want is my Hoochie Mama, which is a reference to the song Hoochie Mama by the the two live crew, if I'm looking at this correctly.
1: I have to assume it's another song they've
0: covered? Probably not. Oh. I don't think they'd be allowed to. Oh, maybe not. So I'm going to guess, this is just a guess that the Stanford mendicants are predominantly white.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's often not stopped people when it maybe should have.
0: Well, yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics here and it should've stopped them. <laughs>
1: um I don't know that song, so I uh I can't comment.
0: Let me tell you, Alex. Um yeah, not something white people should be singing.
1: Um, maybe. But I it's a term that's existed, um I think.
0: Sure, yeah, that's oh, they can sing Hoochie Mom all they want. I yeah, don't I don't think so I, I don't, that term's racially charged. I think other terms in the lyrics that I just looked at are maybe a little more you know the right. N word. All
1: right, yeah, yeah. That that's definitely that's definitely uh, one one of the more charged ones out there um, that I know of.
0: All right, so let's let's test. Uh, it's acapella. Yeah, it's, it's we've acapella. heard worse so acapella. I I th-
1: honestly I don't think the soloist does that great a job in this one. They he, never do. He, he feels like he's struggling a bit in this. Yeah, version. like
0: all acapella yeah. sounds.
1: I I don't know why. Well, I guess you give the soloist uh, experience, but, like, they recorded this. I don't know. Uh,
0: so that's uh, that, really. So that's that. Um, with that, we're going to move to Craig Robinson in 2010.
2: You know-
3: Play along with the
0: the uh, actor, comedian, musician, and singer best known for his role as Daryl from The Office and perhaps more modernly as the Pontiac Bandit on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Indeed, this
1: is from the movie Hot Tub Time Machine, which came when out plays when as we the were in high Nick. school. Yes, A movie about a bunch of guys traveling back in time with a time machine, which was a hot tub. Um, into their younger bodies because it's a place they were at several decades earlier and
0: then they kind of like fixed their lives in the past. Well, yeah, first they agree that they that, you know, they shouldn't be fucking around with time. So they're going to try and do things the same way they did last time. But then, of course, that wouldn't only make for a semi-compelling movie. Yeah. So then eventually they all kind of break characters. So at this point, uh, the character Nick, played by Craig Robinson, was supposed to play a really bad cover of Careless Whisper, and it, you know, destroys his music career, etc. But this time he plays Jesse's girl. And we get to hear some of that performance in the, the movie clip, not as much as the, the, the full one they released on the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, not very much. I watched the clip as well and they like cut away pretty early on and then they don't cut back until the very end, which I guess for the movie is great because that's you know, they can do other things in that time. Um, mm-hmm. which is probably important for a movie. Uh but yeah, this is the soundtrack version where he sings the whole thing. Or most yeah. of it. Yeah.
3: Now I, he is, I believe, singing this in character. So I think
0: sometimes he really strains his vocals, and I think that's more of like a maybe a character choice because he is a musician and singer, according to Wikipedia. So I'm assuming he knows how to to sing without damaging his vocal cords.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some
0: stuff here that was
1: supposed to make it sound like more amateurish because he's supposed to be not a professional musician. Um. Or I'm trying to remember the context of the movie. Right. Anyway. Um, or not like a super successful professional, anyway. Um, and like the backup vocals, which are, I think at first, the rest of his band, they don't sound super together. And then like the audience joins in. So it's not like these great harmonies or anything, but it's like, it's part of the story, you know? So that's kind of, this, this version serves the story of the movie more than anything.
3: Yeah.
0: But it also serves the idea of being like, hey, remember the 80s? So we get a lot of big synth on this. And confusingly, in, in the soundtrack version, we get a lot of horns.
1: Yeah, which I don't remember the movie very well, because I haven't watched it since 2010 or 2011 or whenever I watched it. Um, right. But watching this scene, they, they do another song after, let's get it started. And there's definitely a horn section. Right for that, like it, it definitely lingers on there. So
3: there are horns. Yeah, I just didn't see them in the in the actual band. No, they're kind of off to the side. Right,
0: I guess you can so do it. I, oh yeah, I see them there. Yeah, actually, just the opening <laughs> shot, they are there. All right, yeah, justified. they're there. But
1: like, I I don't know, I don't remember, uh, them being important in the band. Yeah. Um, when they talked about it, but I gotta watch the movie again. Apparently, I yeah, remember unless... liking it
0: pretty good right yeah yeah it's pretty good it got a sequel yeah um you know i'm a sucker for time travel shit so i'm always you can't really ask me for a fair opinion on this true
1: crispin glover's in it good time
0: that's right She's being weird yeah he's got a good bit where it's you know they're like oh this is gonna be the incident where he loses his arm now this and then is it gonna, like yeah. never is it's good stuff um so yeah this one starts out with some stick hits we got a, a guitar that's a little steelier sounding you can really hear the metal of the strings on it um and there's a, a sort of bass that will slide down occasionally at the end of phrases
1: yeah i actually like i kind of like the bass in this one yeah you don't really notice it in a lot of the other versions but they do some there's some more fun stuff here
0: mm-hmm. and now with the synth we we kind of switch to a more stereotypical 80s synth. 80s Very bright, very, uh, you know, 80s synth sounding, which, of course, if you're building a a movie where it's like, remember the 80s, you're going to prioritize a sound that is shorthand for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it doubles with the the drum hits on the pre-chorus.
1: Looking up details. Mm -hmm,
2: mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um then we hit the chorus, we get the horns coming in, um some harmonized vocals. And then yeah, that's sort of like your big segments. Uh
1: yeah, um in the in the bridge, I don't know why I keep forgetting that word today. Um the the like drums get really pick up. They really pick up, is what I tried to say. Get a lot oh, of yeah. like symbol there. <laughs> you know? Um I don't know. So it's kind of more supposed to be energetic, too, because this is like his, he's like performing, right? This is like party thing. Well, he, yeah, it's a so live cover band. He, he, yeah, so he like picks up the um, otherwise like more low-key segments. And it's supposed to sound like kind of modern, you know, like like it's supposed to sound 80s, but like a modern at the time. Take right,
0: because he has knowledge of the future. He has
1: knowledge of the future.
0: and then yeah instead of the uh like the bridge's outro which is usually the big dumb guitar riff we just get this this horn ripping through
1: we certainly and then
0: we then we get this killer synth solo
1: yeah which again is part of his like his like progression not throughout the song really but he's like nervous at the start and then by the end he does this crazy synth solo yeah um so that's kind of his character progression there
0: you know? yeah it's supposed to be like oh he's in his element you get this and it's, I think it's a good synth solo but you know I'm an easy sell
1: <gasps> sounds pretty good to me yeah. Yeah.
0: and then we get big horns at the end and him going
3: yeah
0: yeah it's fun it's good honestly it's it's more unique than some of the other ones we talked about so before like huh
1: yeah without really time, changing like, that much
0: yeah, nothing's really changed too much. Speaking of not changing too much, let's talk about Glee in 2010. You know I
2: wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I find a woman like that? I along with the charade.
1: Let's talk about Glee in also 2010. Uh, Glee, the show where they cover songs a lot as part of the plot, usually. Uh, I will say this one's a little less contrived than some of the ones we've talked about in terms of like plot. Um, Yeah, except
0: you know that they just named named that dude Jesse (laughs) so they could do this.
1: Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, they just had to do that one thing.
0: The whole show is fucking contrived. (laughs) uh, Yeah. This is the 18th episode of season one. Um, Early on, sung by the character Finn. Uh, John Bell, regular guest on the podcast, is always an apologist for the first season uh having watched just this clip no it's Dis- garbage but yeah. <sighs> so as we
1: offer, as we usually say for glee covers they 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 sound the same they're meant to be the same you know they do the jukebox thing so they're not trying to change up the instruments it it just sounds a little more poppy like a little more yeah. like modern or i guess 2010 modern poppy rock instrumentation like it's a very straightforward cover the original
0: yeah, on like uh, yeah, speaking of that instrumentation, the synth on the chorus just sounds like trash. Ooh, I got to pay I didn't pay attention to the synth. <laughs> it's just very treble, very Yes, it's
1: very high, very bright. It's
3: not good, and, but like
0: thin also. Yeah. It's very yeah, thin, thin.
1: Um but yeah, it's like pretty standard. Like it's almost yeah. exactly the same length again. They do the whole song, which they don't always mm-hmm. do. Um I did watch the uh, scene from the show. Did you watch the scene from the show? I'm assuming I you did. did. Yes,
0: I did watch the scene so from the show. How could it be a
1: glee version if we didn't watch it's the scene so from n- the show?
0: Nuts. Um one thing I will <laughs> say before we talk about that is I actually found the drum tone on this one pretty good. Big oh. big bassy toms. Hey, it does the yeah. the drumming does um,
1: fit in to the story. Yeah, but uh, for a couple how? seconds. But not really. Only in that <laughs> they make him drum for reasons that I can't explain.
0: Yeah, but if you look earlier, there is a drummer <laughs> There's a different drummer, already. so he takes
1: over the drumming while he's singing and staring.
0: Seamlessly. So, and yeah, and it's just I don't dead-eyeing know the girl the whole time he's singing this. Yes. Um, so it starts out
1: in a doctor's office. Out in a doctor's <laughs> office. I assumed it was a pregnancy scare, but no, she has a problem with her vocal cords. Oh, yeah, I don't he know says,
0: uh, he's not going to love you if you're a vocal
1: cripple. And, and she says, yeah, he will. And he says well, I guess
0: you could say the point is probably mute.
3: <laughs> and mute.
0: then he's like, "Hey, I mute Alex." Mute, mute
1: like mute. But yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. didn't like that one. I get it. I did I I made a laughing kind of sound. I don't know if it came through. It was a little no, high it frequency. did not come through. Um kind of um so it's a, it's a it's a I would I call it a love triangle? I guess I would. I, I so would call it a love triangle. He's like, but he's yeah. like very open about it, which I guess is good, but he's too aggressive about it.
0: Oh <laughs> you know? yeah. he. So he goes from singing it. She goes behind a curtain in the doctor's office. He's, and they start singing it there. And then it instantly shifts to them being in their little glee club room where he has this, this stance that screams serial killer, you know, kind of hunched at the shoulder's oh, yeah. head forward. He's
1: super like tense. His, yeah, looking his... her
0: dead in the eyes. Shoulders on and then like she's visibly uncomfortable, and then the people beside her are like, ah, fuck yeah, Jesse's girl.
1: Yeah, everyone is pretending none of this is happening. And I assume none of that is happening because that's how musicals work. Uh no, but it, it is no, it happening, is happening. Though. Like the, the song is happening, but but his aggression can't be because people would respond to that. <laughs> that There's no way everyone's like, this is fine, because later on he like goes up and like Stands next to her and sings at her. And everyone's like, Raid, way to go. Dude, everyone's like, don't want to be a part of this. I assume that part of it's non-diegetic. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt.
0: Okay, right. that's Because it it has to be, right? Because, like... (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, how does he get on the drums?
1: Yeah, because he then steals the drums, kicking the other person off, and aggressively plays the drums while singing at her. Which... I assume was just so they made it a little more dynamic. So it wasn't just him standing there the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. And then, and then, uh, yeah, she just looks very uncomfortable the whole time.
0: And then at the end, the teacher celebrates it by calling it a soul exposing song, soul exposing song, which is like, that's what I'm talking about, which
1: I guess the implication is like everything that he did was, was just implied in the way he sang it.
0: Well, yeah, that everybody knows that yeah. he's horny for this girl, so like, and that yeah, everyone she's has in a to relationship know, right? With a guy named Rachel,
1: and they're just pretending like that's not—that's not. That's not the also, that's
0: their teacher throws horny. up the horns at about like two eighteen. He does. He does. It's upsetting, <laughs> and that's this one, Alex. I got nothing else to say about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say things about Glee covers that isn't like directly addressing the the scene. Because they're the covers themselves are largely uninteresting and and yeah. don't have a lot going on.
0: That's right. Also, the guitar solo in this cover is bad. Eh, There's a guitar
1: solo in this version.
0: <laughs> yeah, baby. Maybe not in the in the the show. Oh, they might have cut in, that out. Oh, the they recording. it is
1: shorter in the show.
0: Well, glee you know what brings me glee the fact that we're going to be moving on to our next version faster pussycat and also the year
2: 2010
1: wow there's a lot of these in 2010
0: yeah so this is uh by a a self-described trashy glam metal band
1: yeah, I also um, saw a sleazy Hollywood metal band.
0: Yeah, that's the opening quote. Um, um, they've been around yeah. since, like, the 80s. Yeah, since 87. So I question whether this is actually a recorded in 2010 release, because it's on, like, a compilation. Yes, it's here.
1: a weird album, 100 rock power tracks of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's all licensed music. There's 100 songs on it. Some of them are legit, like, original band originals. Yeah. This one is not. Um, unless, I mean, I I guess they must've done a cover. The other thing about this is according to their Wikipedia page, uh, they changed to a more industrial style at some point, like in 2000 or something, the late nineties. This doesn't sound like that. This sounds like
0: earlier. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, this sounds like trashy glam metal. It
1: does sound like trashy glam. Uh, and that's
0: what it is. Yeah, harsher vocals, harsher guitar off the bat. Drums are pretty much the same. A bit louder in the chorus, maybe. Uh, honestly, what I noticed on this one is, overall, the uh, the composition is more even throughout. On the original, part of what makes it so compelling is we go soft to a bit louder to huge in the chorus to soft again. Whereas this right, is just, like, right. the same throughout.
1: No, No energy levels. Or one no. energy level. Yeah... Yeah, I think when you're trying to do, like, turn something into more of a pump-up jam, it can be a tempting thing to do. Um, that. And it's uh, not great. Not always. Sometimes Damn. it's fine. Um, did you get kind of, uh, from the vocals, like a homeless gospel choir vibe? A little bit? Just the way he sounds? Mm. The way he sings? No? No.
3: The way his voice I sounds? didn't.
1: Just got himself a girl and what No.
0: Let me see. Let me just say it. No, I didn't just originally.
1: Like not a ton. Obviously, it's a different style, but like
0: the tone. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Like maybe he's got a lisp or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll play ball with that. Sure. <laughs>
1: uh. Well. Yeah. Like not. It's not. It's not like an overwhelming thing. No. Um. But yeah, I think overall, it really sounds like a lot of those tracks you get on like. Twenty-five Halloween songs, like it's. It feels like that, even though the band does seem to have some legit credentials. I don't know, man. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah, feel would, that I would great. I to hear overall. their other
0: work because this one's pretty phoned in. Yeah. Um, the guitar solo is pretty good, though. It's definitely like glam metal themed, but yeah, overall this one's boring. There's not enough changed. And oh yeah, frankly, and I I'm thought the singing
1: was it. kind of flat too
0: yeah yeah like like Rick Springfield's probably not you know an opera singer by any means, but he really knows how to punch those vocals on Jesse's girl like on the title line.
1: yeah and I, I I don't even mean like energy flat like I mean like tonally flat
0: Oh, like tonally flat. yeah, yeah, probably
1: just uh, yeah, it didn't sound quite right and maybe yeah, it's supposed to be a little more like punky or something in that way, but
0: maybe I don't know. I, and like thematically i like the idea of making this glam metal i i got no problems with that i just think it needs to be done better
1: yeah like you said it's phoned in it doesn't doesn't feel great
0: you know who does great like like motley crew could maybe do a good take on this because they do a whole range of like you know sad slow glam rock glam metal and also like big heavy shit like they could probably do a good take on this I wouldn't necessarily pay to see that, but I'd see that. I mean, I've literally paid to see Motley Crue in the past. I wouldn't do it again, but I have as well. <laughs> but I have done it, yeah. <laughs> um, With that, we're going to pay no money to talk about Mary Lambert in 2014.
2: I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. What can I find a woman like?
1: Mary Lambert 2014 say fourteen? I forgot to write years down for this yeah, one. Yeah,
0: twenty fourteen. So she her big claim to fame is being on Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's same love. That's the, uh, the 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 like queer love anthem that Macklemore wrote where he spends at least a good verse or two talking about how he is not gay. Oh, that's and is, the one was, that's the was one. relieved to find out about that.
1: <laughs> that's the one that uh, was parodied on um Popstar, Never oh. Stop, Never okay. Stopping. With the song about how he's not gay.
0: And then I think also there was like a Cracked video on it where they just kind of went over the lyrics and mocked it because he's just like, I once thought that I was gay because I did art. Turns out I'm not gay. Very happy about that. But that's okay to be gay. Same love, same love. And that's like kind of the song.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Sweet. Yeah, sorry. The opening line is when I was in the third grade, I thought that I was gay because I could draw. How about that? And then he's my uncle was, and I kept my room straight. Uh, I told my mom, tears rushing down my face. She's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K. And then he, uh, thank God, thank God he had been loving girls since before pre-K.
1: Yeah, I was worried for a minute there. That, um, that he, he didn't, he wasn't into women when he was, like, three years old.
0: Yeah if you he, if take any longer than that probably gay right that's way back in 2012 holy Whew. Um, um yeah so mary lambert
1: yeah. her other thing according to she mentions it a lot on her like website yeah um, and in her bios uh, what she wants to be known as as far as i can tell is is an emotional singer
0: yes um if you uh in her spotify bio it says concerts her concerts are where crying is acceptable and even encouraged
1: yeah now i've only heard this song but it sounds like she's really focusing on the sad thing the crying yeah um i don't know about the rest um but yes emotional songwriting that's what she is going for
0: And that is what she hits here. This is some sparse, soft piano and some real. She, you know, she goes between whispering and sort of hitting some high notes as well. She's really making that like I am very sad that I am not with Jesse's girl.
1: Yes, like, like delicate pop vocal, pop, delicate pop vocal going on, um, with like gentle piano chords. Yeah, that's kind of the song, like. Like it's it's regular chords, like quarter note piano chords, um, throughout the um, verse, and then once it gets to the pre-chorus, it it is irregular piano chords. Like,
0: yeah, it's although the, it's we kind of actually like... get some strings that come in. That's true. Uh, on, the, on the second verse and a yeah. little later uh, on the on the bridge, they replace the uh, the synth part.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of build into
3: that. And uh, it's kind of yeah that like it's I I'm not a huge
1: fan of the style like it's really trying to like pull the heartstrings kind of thing mm-hmm. in like I think the most obvious way of like we'll we'll do this sad chords strings yeah and, like it's fine it's a fine thing to have I guess I I don't see the appeal.
0: Well, I think of all the... We, and we've we seen this kind of take done. It'll be done to any and every song. Yeah. I think the lyrical content of this piece jives with this interpretation. I think it it actually produces results.
1: Uh, how so?
0: Because well, it's Cause this, it, this teenage dramatic, oh, I yeah. wish I had this love. Like So yeah, Chuck Piano behind that, a little bit of string and right. emotional singing. Right.
1: Yeah. The song is is like not super emotionally involved because it's kind of like i guess childish for lack of a better word and that's almost the approach being taken here to make it sad yeah it's like it's this very big basic. self-involved approach yeah which is what the song is it's very i'm not gonna say self-involved again but i just did Ooh.
0: Ooh, you did it yeah yeah and i agree so, with yeah, you it, completely it... It ends with her, you know, repeating "I wish that I had Jesse's girl." It's uh it's dramatic, but it's funny. It's it's almost comedy that it's so dramatic because the song is Jesse's girl.
1: Yeah, and Jesse's girl is like dumb, kind of. <laughs> yeah, because well, the the emotional um, payload mm-hmm. of Jesse's girl is dumb because, and that's the point and blowing it out into this is funny uh, yeah yeah i like that
0: yeah i like that yeah. way
1: to go mary lambert i'm not convinced you did it on purpose
0: i yeah i feel like this is uh if you do the same thing enough times you're bound to get it right once right yeah but way to go yeah you did do it um but maybe, I do bring maybe up we this... should get it.
3: maybe she
1: did do it on purpose i don't know maybe she's like you know maybe. this style i have wouldn't it be wouldn't it be funny I mean, yeah, I don't know what her. her I don't know, Mary uh, Lambert. Her... I don't want to make too many judgments, but like.
0: Backlog is like. Because, yeah, if she specifically, if she's doing this with just covers, 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 and it's any random old song, then yeah, this is just plain luck. But if she like picked this out and was like,
3: hey, this might be fun, then great. But again, don't know. Um, I actually realized I had a
0: quote from Rick Springfield here that uh, sort of talks about his own self-awareness. We should have brought this up in the lyrics, but uh-huh. I forgot to. Um, He says, We're clueless, desperately clueless. Everybody is on relationships. Truly, I remember being a jerk because I thought that's what girls wanted. You only really learn about women when you get into a long relationship, unless you got a really great dad, a really clued-in father, or a really open mom. So I think his, his line of I've been funny, I've been cool with the lines is a sort of self-reflection it's line of being like, be, yeah, yeah. I, I used to be a fucking idiot.
1: And, yeah, presenting it as a character in the song. Yeah,
0: as a as a self-involved character who doesn't understand that long, long relationships are, you know, it's more than just being like, this person's fucking hot and tell him a joke.
1: But he's pretty funny and cool, so, you know?
0: He is funny and cool with the lines um yeah so that that was just something i brought up now with that we're gonna talk about a guy we talked about before we llc
2: have- i wish that i had jesse's girl i wish that i had jesse's girl where can i find a woman like that
3: i play along with the charade
0: llc In 2014, we have actually talked about another cover from this same album. That cover was
1: Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. Um, And I don't remember what we said about that.
0: Um, Um, I could pull up my notes for you if you'd like. Let
1: me see. He named himself LLC, so he's hard to search for. Yep. It's an acoustic cover. They're all acoustic covers on this album. Um, Oh, I like the harmonization. Hey, same with this one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, surprisingly two covers off the same cover album by an acoustic guy are very similar
1: similar yeah Um, he does the riff on an acoustic guitar cause it's all acoustic Um, he and then as he goes he goes through you know fairly straightforward at first playing on the acoustic guitar instead doing the singing Um, Mm -hmm. starts kind of muted and then once he starts singing uh, once he gets to the pre-chorus strums more openly Um, And then starts to, like, layer in overdubs and layers of himself singing for harmonies. Yeah. Once he gets to the second verse, I guess.
0: Yeah, he does, uh, I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably, and he says mute. He does seem to say mute.
1: Which, come on, LLC. Maybe it's on purpose? I don't know. Is he being ironic? Who can tell? No. No? This is a genuine
0: cover. Does
3: not count. Um. we get some shaker percussion on the chorus um the yeah they gets uh more and more involved the backup vocals
0: and uh on the uh, you know uh, eventually we get some basically Stanford Mendicant's cappella on this
1: yeah see he does the second half of the synth part in the uh like the bridge section as na,
0: yeah. na, 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 na.
1: which he is of course harmonized several tracks of um so i mean just a little bit kind of works without bringing too many instruments because he's doing so much of those like harmonies yeah so yeah i think it's a a, another version that has like a a solid like gimmick same as the other one uh i kind of liked it then and i kind of like it now
0: yeah, I I appreciate that he does more with an acoustic guitar. You get a few different guitar textures in here, including I'm just listening to the guitar solo now. Um, the intro riff has a bit of a different texture to it. Like he really plays around with what noises he can get out of the guitar, rather than just being like I'm gonna hit the rhythm and sing on top of it.
1: Yeah, which I mean happens so much. It's kind of like uh, when we were talking about, um, Superman a couple weeks ago. And there was one version that was like he was just strumming, or at least one version on the guitar. Oh yeah, deck. and then the other guy just made it better by playing some accordion on top. Like, still wasn't amazing, but it was better.
0: Yeah, it was. It was more <laughs> interesting because there were more, more things least. going
1: on. So yeah, acoustic covers tend to fall often fall into the category of just being boring strumming, but this yeah has
0: some more stuff. Yeah. With that, we're gonna move into another band we talked about on the Stacy's Mom episode, the Holophonics Uh in 2019. No, I wish that I had Jesse's
2: girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Where can I find a woman like
1: that? i play along with the charade. It doesn't seem to be a reason to change
0: i didn't realize we would talked about them until i came across the phrase ska cover party band yeah once i, I, like, I read that i, I was like
1: wait before. a minute <laughs> i've definitely said that before <laughs> um yes um i believe what i said about the original was that like it's fun but the singing's not very good
0: does that hold up here too
1: mm, i think the singing holds up better in this one. Yeah, I agree. The other one felt like they weren't singing very... like The guy they had singing couldn't really handle it, but this... I don't know whether it's easier to sing or a different guy because I forgot to go back and check, but Mm. um, it's fine. It's not like um, one of the other guys, Faster Pussycat, where it feels flat. Um, But yeah. The thing this one does is it kind of goes back and forth. It starts with like some... Like, harder rock, like, chugging.
3: Yeah. Yeah, almost like, like, well, like we're like going to uh, jump into punk. Yeah, I guess it's more and...
1: punky. And they're kind of like a punk ska thing. But they start with that kind of, like, metal-influenced style. And then, like, I'm thinking, where's the ska in this ska party cover band? Well, it takes about 30 seconds, but it it's there.
0: Don't you worry? Oh, it comes full blast and from everything to the to the, like walking bass line, which is very specifically that ska walking bass line, to the horns that come in.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's the chorus. As soon as they get to the chorus, skank, just easy, yeah. go. and then it it's sticks ska.
0: around. It's that that bass line stays with you for the next verse. Um, the horns don't come in until we get loud again yes but yeah it mimics that from the original the sort of quiet to louder to loudest
1: yeah this is also another one that um like on the chorus anyway similar to the previous one but in a different section they split up like the the riff so the beginning is played on the guitar i believe and then the bam bam and then the horns oh going, yeah it's like a call and response so they split it up like that
0: yeah and the guitar solo becomes a horn solo. um also this version's a lot faster. it's only two minutes 40 seconds
1: And it's so very ska. um the chugging guitar does come back later on for a bit in yeah the, in the bridge. the bridge section yeah um but we're way more ska. they like we we've gone ska already, so it, it we we get back to ska so i was I was a little worried at the start. We wouldn't get Ska, but oh, boy, did we ever. Oh, we got to baby. He also said, did you say he says mute? I'm pretty sure he says mute in this one. Um, I didn't notice
0: it, but you're probably right. They're close. I'm, I'm shocked. The most shocking thing about this cover is that it took to 2019 for somebody to make something even close to a pop-punk cover of Jesse's Girl.
1: And the attitude of the song is so pop-punk, right? Like... Yeah. Like it being like a like a, a juvenile view of, of romance. Yeah. It it seems to fit. Maybe it was like too popular or something. Yeah, maybe. The punks were like, nah. That's, right, that's probably that's still lame stuff. Regular
0: I don't know. airplay. Yeah. I mean it still does. It still does. Yeah, maybe it was just too prescient.
1: Something like that. But for whatever reason. It took this long, and was it worth the wait? I think it's solid. I think it's a pretty solid it's version.
0: Solid. Uh, yeah, I think. And, and Scott Cover Party Band, have they. Is, yeah, this would kill at a live show. Absolutely. And yeah, so ultimately, even if it's not the greatest version of this song, it is exactly what the holophonics set out to be. So, in terms of them hitting their mark, yeah, this is fucking gold. Successful.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: All right, that's the last cover. So we're gonna go to our final verdict. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the version most likely to win over Jesse's girl. That's the best I got, Alex. Came up with that one on the fly Jessie's here. That was girl. two seconds of thought put into that one, baby. Alex. Alex.
3: Worst version. Worst why? version.
1: Why? Um. I always feel... I mean, I I was not a fan of the Glee version. I was not a fan of the Stanford Mendicants. But that almost feels like cheating sometimes. Like, of course I don't like those,
3: you know? Right, because they, they just are garbage.
1: So... Realistically... I think I gotta give it to Faster Pussycat. Because it just felt, like, lazy. Mm. And... uh a lot of the versions were like similar but some and and they did change up the genre but they didn't really play around with anything and it was still just very straightforward. I mean Spank the Monkey had some weird stuff going on whatever that was. It was something, you know. Yeah. And the other versions I kind of liked. Mary Lambert was like a significant departure and I didn't think it was amazing, but we've discussed why it makes sense. And uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. I uh, you, you make some great points here, Alex Because if I'm gonna like listeners coming to this, they know I hate the Stanford Mendicants version. They know I hate the Glee version. So as much as uh, those are already the worst versions, so I have to like to to guide them to help to help them understand my musical taste, which is I guess part of why we do these rankings. I have to pick something else to sort of to, you know be more informative than saying the two bad versions are bad.
1: That's how I feel. But that's a rule we made up ourselves and don't need to follow.
0: I know. Well, we are uh, we are the masters following. of our own destiny here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, looking at the rest of these, it really is. Uh, I mean, yeah, you nailed it. It's, uh, I don't the fuck that band is. Faster, <laughs> Faster Pussycat, Pussycat is Cat. the worst one. As much as I didn't like things that happened in Spank the Monkey, it was still like they were, they were clearly having fun with it, with their weird outro, and, uh, you know. Yeah, like they had something
1: going on. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, I but think we could have taken that weird hip hop esque breakdown and done something better. But you know, uh, the fact that they're willing to try dumb shit is like, yeah, it's commendable. Yeah, it's, it's what we do every week with this podcast. With that, Alex, what's the best version of this and why?
1: <sighs> what is the best version of this?
2: Stanford mendicants. No.
1: Just <laughs> um, I will say this before I before i uh, decide i didn't think any of them were like super standout amazing covers today
0: a lot of them are really trapped in the the rhythms of the original
1: yeah and even though like there were some solid and like good ones nothing amazing i don't think my best one you know i'm on a bit of a Scott thing right now so i'm gonna go with the holophonics <laughs>
0: Yeah, give it to him. I was baby. listening
1: to No Doubt the other day. Good time.
0: Do you listen to some, some Superman while you're out there on your bike? Not yet, but I should. Should you should be doing that. Um yeah, that's a good call. Holophonics is a good pick. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna do a do an out, out of character move. I'm gonna pick Mary Lambert. I know uh-huh. that maybe it's it's that she herself is a hack, and maybe this is just her hacky bit like coming out with an okay result. But in the sea of uh, the cover versions that were all just like, here is the same notes, played in the same pattern, with just different tones on the instruments. She was like, what if we really switch things up? And I think like the emotions on it play well to the, the self-important lyrics. And uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good change up. Right on. Alex! Yeah, Which version... If heard by Jesse's girl, would win her over and bring her back to Rick Springfield. Obviously, the Glee version, because it's so
1: aggressive, and women women take that. Women oh, uh,
0: love aggression.
1: What version? Which one is the most? I, f- I mean, like if you look at like the LLC version, that's the one you'd play with like your <laughs> your acoustic guitar and your and your loop pedal. I don't know. I feel like I'm oh yeah. I'm almost making a point out of this, but I'm I'm not getting there. Um. <laughs> Interesting, because that one's it. the most intimate. That one feels like the moment you'd be like, you play that to her and be like, "Hey." You so wouldn't like, need oh a band God. there. A band would make it weird. There, we, it as we learned weird. in the Glee version, having other people there would definitely make it weird.
0: Definitely makes it weird. You're right. That is a good point. Well made. LLC, my man. LLC, and of course, unless
1: it was Scott, because I think Scott could win anyone over, regardless oh, of the yeah. context. It's it's Scott.
0: Yeah, the the question is, is if if you're the one performing it, obviously you perform the LLC version. If it's somebody else performing oh. it, you you you're really just going to use the holophonics to seduce her at a ska party.
1: <laughs> Which I mean, let's face it, not like you're not facing any difficulty there because it's a ska party. Ska gets That's everybody right, in the mood, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'll tell you what, the the, the the no, okay, I was gonna make some kind of skank joke, it didn't <laughs> didn't land.
1: Uh, he, was that your answer was your answer the holophonics yeah that's what i'm rolling with all right LLC and the holophonics two repeat uh shows and uh winning winning to titles cover me alumni winning finally titles. pulling
0: home a wild card award way to go guys Way to go, you two. Really proud of you. With that, um, that's our you know, that's our final verdicts. You got similar opinions, different opinions, or you want to talk about a cover version we didn't talk about. Maybe your pop punk band did a version of this way before 2019. And you want to tell us about it? Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag covermepod at Jake DeCressi, at some AlexWiseGuy. Or you can email us at covermepod at gmail.com. That's covermepod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, opinions. Um, just stuff. You gotta, you know, something good happened to you this week. Let us know. I don't know. With that, we're gonna jump into our bonus segment, which we're gonna call, uh, Cover Me, The Squeakquel, in which we talk about sequel songs, also known as response songs, also known as, hey, somebody wrote a song, I wrote a song about that song. This week... We're talking about Jesse's Girl 2, written by Coheed and Cambria, featuring Rick Springfield himself, released on August 21st,
2: 2020.
0: Alex. Alex. You don't know much about Coheed and Cambria. We established know, almost
1: this. Almost nothing about Coheed and Cambria. I know they're well, a progressive rock band.
0: Yeah, and kind of like a horror core themes. They seem to really like like dark, murderous love and things of that nature. I, I might go so far as to call it emo, but maybe not.
1: But like a little more on the like fantasy side, kind of.
0: Yeah, a little more fantastical. Not quite fantasy so much as like
1: It's kinda like film, right? Like it's based around or like science fiction, isn't it? Am I right? Sure. Do they do science fiction stuff?
0: They might. That sound that sounds like that would be in their vein. I just uh, read an interview. Okay.
1: Just the one. I I only really know one
0: album of theirs. Which one is that? I don't that is uh I believe it is called Good Apollo, I'm Burning, Star Four. That sounds
1: science fiction, or at least spacey
0: Volume one, sorry, that's it. I know good Apollo, I'm burning Star four, Volume
3: One from Fear through the Eyes of Madness, that's a long title that is a long title, so it's that kind of music
0: um yeah, so to, to talk of this song, uh, the Front man for Cohen and Cambria or, or Cambria, is it Cambria or Cambria? I don't know, somebody's gonna get mad at me. Uh, frontman Claudio Sanchez said this song is kind of like National Lampoon's movie meets So I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, and he had come up with the idea during a 2019 studio session, pitched it to Rick Springfield, and Rick Springfield was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, right on. And so then they recorded a, uh, the song and produced a music video and released it last month, and we are looking at it now. So essentially, we're, we'll just break it down the same way we do a, an original song. Sure. We'll look at the lyrics <laughs> pretty quick. It's uh I'm kinda surprised at how how easily they matched the tone of the original, but made it their their own vibe as well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Like the way they do the guitar strumming and the everything, it it sounds very like early eighties rock kinda poppy thing.
3: Mm-hmm. So the, the
0: overarching theme of this one is uh Rick Springfield gets Jesse's girl, but then it turns out she's like a, a psychopath uh, you know, it's I think it says she's mentally unwell in one of the lines, and she's yeah, kind of you know.
1: It's pretty vague. Yeah. About, like what it actually is, they say it's like he said it was like. So I married an axe murderer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I have not seen. Is it a comedy?
0: I believe it is. I believe that's Mike Myers in there. Yeah.
1: That. Um, but it, it it's not like the song is like then she stabbed a guy like there's no murders happening in the actual song or anything.
0: No, though it does say uh, she wouldn't let me leave the house alive. True, leave her house alive.
1: Not in the house. That's right. When in the music video, anyway. I'm getting ahead of us at the very
0: least. Let's talk about these lyrics. So a miracle happened and I got my wish. You see, Jesse saw it fitting, and then we get some backup vocals here that say, "Strange to me then, makes sense to me now." I go and take what's his. So Jesse saw it fitting. I go and take what his. Oh, he did me dirty. So given that you come into the song knowing that it's called Jesse's Girl too, we, you obviously know who Jesse is, um, and the miracle happening being he finally gets Jesse's girl, but he did me dirty. It was a trick, a trap.
1: He was trying to get rid of the girl the whole time.
0: Yeah, but things got funny as time exposed. Uh, that didn't, that didn't, nothing could stop her. The flip side of Jesse's girl that no one knows. She's out of, she's out of, she's out of her mind.
1: Because she's, I guess, crazy.
0: Yeah, she is uh, like an axe murderer or something, perhaps.
1: Maybe. And then
0: we go to the the big chorus, which says, "I don't love you no more," and then it says, "Jesse's girl loses, lose lose Jesse's girl, and things will get better." And then we come to verse two. So yeah, that 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 tells you everything you know. He doesn't love Jesse's girl anymore, and his his belief is that if he loses this woman, things will improve for him. Um, sure, I probably deserved it. And then we get the the backup lyrics saying, "Damn right, yes you did. Damn right, yes you did, boy." And he says, What kind of friend was I? The hunter became the hunted. Strange to me then, makes sense to me now, when I creeped into
3: her life. So, Being horny for your friend's girl. It's kind of skeezy behavior.
1: Yes, and he's he is acknowledging that he does not acknowledge um like when we were talking about before. Has a name. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really acknowledge that aspect of it, the fact that he's still focused on like himself and his friend and like she belongs to him. Now she belongs to me kind of thing. Mhm. Which I don't know what to make of that yet. Which but, but also
0: in in this song she's taken on a sort of horrific form. True. So now Maybe she's l- like less a sort of a of person, monster. more of a curse or monstrous entity. Right. But yeah, you're right. Maybe there is room for, uh, to, you know, to acknowledge her as a human being. I don't know. Because she's definitely not treated nicely in this song, but hey, maybe that's not the point. Um, We get to the pre chorus two, where we had a reference to Tommy Two Tone, where he says, Oh, so I changed my number to 8675305, a reference to 8675309. Um, And said, That didn't stop her. She wouldn't let me leave her house alive. She's out of her mind. Um, then you get the chorus again. And then we get verse three sung by Rick Springfield himself. And he says, It sure seemed strange he put up no fight when she broke his heart that fateful night. Jesse played sincere. He sure seemed cool. What I hadn't known was I was his fool. We're married now. House, job, three kids. Dreaming of what life could have been. Stranded on the ifs and maybes. Had I left that
3: monster in the 80s. And
1: then they sing together. Well, that I don't yeah. love you no more. Um.
3: Yeah, verse
0: 3, great. He's married, this woman had kids with her, and now he's, you know, but regretting it. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, yeah. Yeah.
0: I was going to do an overall
1: thing, so if you... Yeah, give me an overall. Overall, if you just take the lyrics, like, kind of on their own merit, without the background, like, the album artwork is horror-themed. He's obviously talked about it being... her being kind of like a murderer. The only line that mentions... That was when he says she wouldn't let me leave the house alive. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like it, it it can read as just like a guy who's not content with his life. Like this is just a guy from Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen.
0: Like, all right. Well, in the first pre-chorus, he does say she's out of her mind. He does well. say
1: that, which. But I feel like you could call them a psycho if they're not like they don't have to be like psychopathic. Mm. And it's clearly
0: that he's upset about being in a relationship with yes. this woman because he, he says, "Oh, he did me dirty in the first verse."
1: Yeah, Um I'm just yeah. Th- like, there's not a ton. There's like some horror stuff they mention, but I feel the like it became could- the hunted. Yeah, exactly. Which is- and I guess it can be interpreted kind of like either way, you know, sort of thing. Maybe that's the idea. Is like, like these are. We're kind of used to hearing that sort of thing in a song, but just to refer to a normal situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, because, yeah, I guess, like, the chorus, I don't love you no more, is pretty... like That could apply to a non-murderous relationship.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Doesn't have to be actual instability other than in the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, yeah, it's clearly... Yeah, at the very least, it's a song about not being happy in a current relationship. Yes.
1: And they talk about monsters sometimes, and also yeah. Like had I left that monster in the '80s, possible great line. murderousness.
0: Yeah, so it comes off like with the music video and the the cover and things. It's got a sort of like like B
3: movie horror vibe to it. Maybe that's just me saying that, but you know, I like the things I say.
2: Yeah, I
1: mean, definitely the artwork. <laughs> definitely yeah. the album art that's very, she's got like a claw hand, a giant claw hand. And there's a bunch of monsters in front of her, but she's like, she's like the worst monster. Yeah, dog. Because I think they're scared.
0: Um, her. yeah.
1: But it's small, so it's hard to tell.
0: Is there a dog in the, the cover art to reference the Working Class Dog working album? Class
1: dog? I hope so. But it also kind of looks like it's wearing a blouse of some sort, or like a dress. Yeah, it
0: does look like that. You know what? It's not a dog that is a, like a little girl.
1: It looks like a like a terrier, but but it in his claw Oh that's his kid that his kid?
3: That's his kid, yeah. So it's oh. the three kids and Jesse. It's girl. <laughs> okay. Um nonetheless, let's talk let's about see. the uh let's, let's talk about that. the instruments here. So like we
0: already mentioned, structurally it actually follows a similar structure to the original song. See verse, pre-chorus chorus, and then a bridge later on
1: yeah um they have like different pre-choruses now i guess it's a little more of that like progressive rock thing of like oh more lyrics mm-hmm. uh more sections. yeah the
0: pre-chorus seemed to play with like quiet and loud coming like back and forth and then when you hit the chorus it switches to full big and loud
3: yeah
1: and i guess the other thing is um similar to the original the story doesn't really resolve. Or necessarily mm-hmm. go anywhere. You just kind of. This one actually has like more story details, but it's kind of saying the same thing, you know. Yeah, times.
3: it's
0: just like depicting a current situation and then being like, "Nope, that's what that's that." Yeah,
1: that's what's happening.
0: So yeah, and it is very similar, and it does sound
1: like very appropriate in terms of like as a sequel to the original because it has. I guess it's the guitar tone, like I don't know exactly what the what the elements are.
3: Is yeah, it the style is a lot of that
0: driving rhythm, um, and some big ring outs as well. <laughs> Which I think are both some key like eighties elements. And then yeah, I think something in the tone there as well is also playing to it.
1: Yeah, and I guess kinda like basing it around riffs. And like those kind of like shorter riffs, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm and then and then you get sort of the more Coheed and Cambria stuff in like the the vocals, the sort of trading of lead vocals and backup vocals with their kind of whispery lines in between is very classic from what I know of them hmm um yeah with the uh with the Rick Springfield verse kind of serving as like the bridge uh we get yeah. one we get a seventy year old Rick Springfield singing, and he sounds pretty good,
1: yeah, he sounds okay.
3: Yeah, and it makes for a good like uh you know, a change up from the rest of the song. We get a different singer, things go a little quieter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess, yeah, that's the more introspective part. Like you said, mm-hmm. similar to the bridge. There it is.
2: Boom.
0: And then I wonder if that, you know, that monster in the eighties refers to how you know, in, in the context of the song, it's that he's he's in a relationship with this woman. But in the context of Rick Springfield, like that song has probably overshadowed like everything else in his career.
1: Ah, uh, I see. So if he'd left it behind, what would have been different? Yeah. Would he have been a Springsteen? Or would he have Maybe. remained a Springfield?
0: I mean, he's still done great for himself. Like even yeah. when he was uh He's still <laughs> even successful. Even when he was recording like Jesse's Girl, he was an actor too. So it's not like he's not
1: successful. But it's definitely like I think he even has said in in interviews like it it's weird because it's this thing you did forty years ago that still overshadows anything you could ever do.
0: Yeah, about a woman he doesn't even remember
3: yeah. the
1: name of. Like... Which like that must be very bizarre to like live that. So, so Jesse's girl yeah. is now the song Jesse's girl.
3: That's right. Hmm.
0: Yeah, but great vocal performance. Um, and then yeah you know it plays out it's fucking it's a good song like it's very cool
1: it's interesting that they like came back you know so much later and still made it sound like pretty faithful to the original as a sequel Mm -hmm. as a sequel does follows a very similar structure and introduces the next part of the story
0: and even in the music video which i think is another great touch it's, uh, you know, of course they play to this, uh, 80s aesthetic, and, but also this, similar to the original music video, it kind of plays out the story of the song a bit.
1: Yeah, it shows this girl being kind of aggressive and occasionally lighting things on fire in a bar. Rick Springfield is the bartender, and I, there seems to be a guy there, and I, is it implied that that's, like, him in the past? Like, it's kind of this anachronistic thing? Like, they have cell phones, but, like, that's him young? Or is um, he seeing the story th- play out in a... I in, think he's seeing
0: mo- the story play out, and it's either... He's Someone like, suggested that the, the woman is his daughter, and that she's just as shitty as her mom. Others have suggested that he's sort of seeing this woman as Jesse's girl, as, like, back when he was into her.
1: right. Because she reminds him of her or whatever.
0: Yeah. She does. Or it's also possible because at the end of the music video, the actual actor who played Jesse's girl in the original music video right. shows up and grabs the jacket, which is the younger woman's jacket, that it is just
3: his wife.
1: Right. So it's her and he's seeing her as younger?
3: Yeah. Because okay. I guess,
0: particularly in the context of this song, he's reflecting on how, you know, Jesse hoodwinked him. And it sort of explains why some of the, the 80s effects particularly bleed onto her. Right.
1: Right, because it's not reality.
0: And also why she graffitis Jesse's girl on the, the bathroom window.
1: Yeah, she seems to graffiti like she writes it on the is it the window or the mirror
0: yeah it's a mirror yeah
1: she like writes it on the mirror and lipstick or whatever but then she had stolen another guy's phone i assume jesse yes and then kind of takes a selfie and then throws it back and then the girl that jesse's with then is like hey who's this and he's like oh i can explain
0: yeah it's she, she yeah so throughout the uh the music video she runs around the bar and steals things from people a wallet that phone which she ruins a relationship with a lighter which she uses to set the uh the pool table on fire on cartoon fire on cartoon fire yeah and so this whole time the koei and cambria are playing in the background on a very 80s looking uh you know like synth wave space it's like the grid with yeah. triangles in the background All the, like
1: neon colors and stuff
0: And that sort of hand-drawn effect that comes on to to Jesse's girl as well, which is to me is of course reminiscent of Take On Me. True. Yes.
1: That's true. But not
0: the not fully. It's not the black and white comic shirt, but it is that hand-drawn aesthetic seems to really speak to that.
1: The 80s, man.
0: The 80s, bro. Um, yeah, and the bar is called Springfield's Bar. So yeah, this whole video is her fucking things up. Uh, we, until we get to the, uh, the Springfield verse, and that's just him at the bar being like, ugh, life's tough. And then she, uh, eventually steals his keys and leaves the bar, and then he runs out after her because he realizes what's happened, but we already hear the car start up.
1: And she leaves him, or he runs after her, whatever.
0: Yeah, he runs after her. And then, yeah, and then it cuts back to the bar. Which is empty now, but the original music video is playing on the, the TVs in the bar, which have been playing uh the band up until this point. And yeah, the original Jesse's girl walks in, grabs a jacket, and leaves. Yeah. So everything you would expect out of a both a sequel. Like, if this was a movie, it would they would do the same tricks, right? It would be like, oh, look, here's one of the original actors. Here's Right, Here's the the old movie playing in the background, yeah. shit like all of that could be done in a movie. So it's very much played like a a sequel music video. Yeah,
1: a lot more focus on like the scenes, the actual story playing out, um, instead of the band doing their thing. Yeah, like in the original 100%. music video,
0: uh,
1: which I can appreciate. Um, and yeah, I mean it's 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 similar though. Like it's it's the story of the song more or less. Well, kind of. It's more like he's explaining the story and just things are happening. So I guess it's not the story of the song this time.
0: Yeah, sort of like it's like evidence to back up the story. Yeah. It's much more clear that she is, you know, quote unquote, out of her mind.
1: Yeah. She doesn't like murder anybody, though. She does start a thing on fire. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she just comes across as more like bratty in this as Damn, opposed to so. psycho necessarily.
0: But I mean, but yeah, she does I, steal I a lot of taking things. Taking somebody's, taking a stranger's phone to put your photos on it to ruin their relationship
3: is psychotic.
1: It's not very nice.
3: Certainly not. But yeah, that's the sequel song,
0: which we have talked about now. Um, I think we've both given it a thumbs up, which is, of course, the rating for this segment. Wait, it's we called it the squeakle. So hang on, it's got to be out of three chipmunks. How many chipmunks do you give this song, Alex?
1: Two and a half,
0: two and a half chipmunks. I'm gonna give it the full three. Ooh. Simon, Theodore, and Alvin.
3: He's the main which, one. Which which chipmunk are you having? Hmm. Well, Theodore is kind the
1: of short dude. anyway, so.
3: Oh well, yeah, and, and then you can give them either Theo
0: or Dor Like you got two two easy breaks. Yeah.
1: So the tall one, um. Simon. Simon.
0: Simon the tall one. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is the tall
1: one.
3: Yeah. Tall with the glasses.
1: That's the one I'm I'm having.
3: Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. If you guys know some, some
0: sequel songs, they're also called response songs or answer songs. Um, you know. Sometimes they're just called ashes to ashes. Them. Yeah, sometimes they are just called ashes to ashes by David Bowie. Chat, yeah, if you guys want to talk to us about those, hit us up. Tell us, tell us, tell us everything. We've actually uh, talked about a response song before, or answer song rather, uh, "The Wallflower," way back. That was fun. Way back, which was an answer song to "Work with Me, Annie,"
2: and totally talk about that.
0: Just go way back in our in our history. That's been our episode today. We talked about a lot of things. We did. We said a lot. We meant a lot. You know, we're gonna say just one more thing you know you guys know that thing we always say it. it's the it's the one thing we always so say we
1: say it every time i mean you you and don't even probably don't even need to say it
0: i i you know what it's i just i feel like it makes the people feel good you so, just you say know. it ah what am i talking ah, about as we always say on cover me you know i wish that i had cover me i wish that i had cover me where can i find a podcast like that